the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This week, we have seen the need and necessity for the gifts of the Spirit. We'll go on to see how they are to be used today and the rest of this week and next. Join us. Way of Grace is coming up next. Hi there, and again, welcome. This is Way of Grace. Pastor Jesse Gastand has us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're looking at the first seven verses here this week as we understand why we need spiritual gifts. And if you were with us earlier this week, you'll remember that the unbeliever is tyrannically led by demons. The true believers call Jesus Lord, even unto death. And the spirit of error is in the church. We need discernment. We need the ability to bypass and do an end run, if you will, all the sin and air that shows up around us, hence the need for these spiritual gifts. Join us. Pastor Jesse Gastan continues our look at the gifts of the Spirit, a triune collaboration. Here's Jesse now with today's program. If you were to invert this, you would have God the Father as operational authority, the Lord Jesus as administrative executor, and the Spirit of God as the diversifier of the gifts. You can call him the UPS brother. You guys got that? Do y'all have that? So let me help you see it in another way out of the five passages that I shared this with you before. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at around verse 4, lays it out in the inverse order. Watch this, Ephesians 4, 4. There is what? One body. This is called the church. This is ecclesia. The ecclesia is the outcome of the triune collaboration. Now watch this. There is one what? Spirit. Even as you're called in one hope of your calling, verse 5, one Lord, who is that? Jesus. So we already got two persons there, don't we? And one faith and one what? All of these are the cardinal doctrines that composite what we call the saving work of God for the church. The church is a byproduct of the work of the Spirit, of the work of the Son, and the work of the Father. It manifests itself in a life of faith. And it affirms it in the practice of baptism and obedience. Is that the way the church has always worked? Watch the language now. Here it is again. Verse 6. Verse 6. One God and Father, what? Above all. Have y'all learned that theology yet? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. It starts with the Father. He's always the source. I taught our ladies this in in the Trinity class a couple years ago. Didn't we, ladies? We got it vividly and clearly and concretely. God the Father is always cardinal one. It all starts with daddy. It's owned by the son because of his redemptive work and it's applied by the third person who loves to glorify the son and the father together. Watch the language. And one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all contacts the church. Not everybody in the world, the church. Next verse. Watch this. 
But unto every one of us, now here we go, we're getting ready to move into what I call the form and function. But unto every one of us, he's dealing now specifically. Here it is. Here it is. Remember what I said earlier? None of God's children are without gifts. Did y'all hear me? None of God's children are without gifts. But unto every one of us, this is emphatic, each one of us, each member, each child is given grace according to the measure or meeting out of the gift of Christ. Do you see it? I love this. This phraseology here means that Christ is the package. Do you hear me? He's the sum total package. It's called the gift of Christ. He's the package personified. But there are gifts that are given to you and I, and they're given to us by Christ. But it's the spirit of God that immediates them to us. Y'all follow that, right? It's very important to get it. Let me see maybe one more verse. Verse eight, look at it. Wherefore, he said, when he ascends up on high, he led captivity captive and what? Gave gifts unto men. This whole thing is about gifts. What a blessing. And they're about gifts through Jesus as the mediator. And they are the gifts that are given by Jesus through the third person who is the immediator. Y'all with me so far? So then under point number two, without expanding further, because I'll deal with it down the line, we are dealing with what I call the triunity of God working the gifts. The spirit of God operates in the diversity of gifts, the distinctions of gifts, the individuality of gifts, the differences in the gifts and the specifics of the gifts. A couple studies down the line will unpack that. The Lord Jesus possesses administrative authority, as we just learned in Ephesians 7. He, fundamentally, that word means deaconship. In other words, Christ has been given the Dionychos to actually make sure that everyone for whom he died gets the gift, gets the charismata. I love it. I love it. What he's saying is, if you're born again, you are spiritual. At the essence of who you are, you are charismata. You're spiritual. Do you hear me? There's no such thing as a carnal Christian in essence. The gift starts with the new birth. You're born of God. You're born of the word. You're born of the spirit. You are charismata. And from there, you develop your identity, your calling, your purpose, your function at the core of who you are in Christ. Is Christ spiritual? Didn't we learn that Isaac was born of the spirit? Are we not born of the spirit? Because you and I are children of the promise. So at our core, we are spiritual. We are spiritual. This is the work of the Lord Jesus in our life. And, and then finally, again, the God, the father is the operational authority. He's the one from whom all these blessings flow. I love it. We already quoted James 1:17. Listen to Romans 11:36. Pull it up. You guys have heard it before, but learn this. This is an axiomatic truth that should never leave the heart and mind of the true believer. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Do you see it? For of God the Father and through God the Father and to God the Father are all things. The Son and the Holy Ghost helping bring glory to God by everything that's made. Y'all get that? Everything that's made is going to get glory from God. This is why we can quote, quote Proverbs 16, 4. This is why we can quote Isaiah 45, verse 7. This is why we can quote Revelation chapter 4, 11. Pastor, what are you talking about? God made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of evil. For of God were all things made and for his pleasure they are created. 
The good, the bad, and the ugly are created by God. We don't live in a dualistic sort of epistemology. We understand God's sovereign over it all. I may not like the fact that God chose to allow one of his chief angels to become a demon so that God can enter into a warfare and show his glory against that demon. I may not like the fact that God created all of us originally in Adam in free will so that by virtue of Adam's rebellion, that's all free will is, is the ability to sin. So don't, don't put a lot of stock in that. I ain't never bought stock in the dock, in the, in the thing called free will. Free will is nothing but the ability to sin. That's all it is. Because in order to obey, we have already admitted, have we not, child of God, that God has to work in me the will and to do of his good pleasure. Without your grace, I won't think a right thought. Without your grace, I won't feel a right feeling. Without your grace, I won't obey your word. I will not keep your commandment. If you don't work in me the will and to do of your good pleasure, do you agree with me? You and I are not not operating out of a free space. We're not operating out of a blank slate. You and I are operating out of one or two powers, the powers of the flesh or the powers of the spirit of God. And God's going to answer for himself on judgment day as to how things all panned out. But now we're going to give him praise and glory because what if God was willing to show his wrath on the vessels fitted for destruction who continue to live against his glory And yet at the same time, show his long suffering and mercy upon vessels of mercy chosen before in Jesus Christ. What if God is willing to show his wrath and his his mercy? What is he? What if he's willing to show his justice and his righteousness? What if God is willing to show his holiness and his favor? He can do whatever he wants to. Is that right? And there are going to be a whole bunch of people walking up to God on the last day saying, Lord, I had all these questions, but now that I'm here, I ain't got a question to ask at all. I'm, I'm just glad. I'm glad you kept it all under control because you, you actually knew what you were doing. And whenever you rise up against God, or go, uh, uh, you know, against fundamentals like him choosing to save whom he wants to save, you are simply exercising a momentary insanity in self-righteousness. That's all you're doing. You are pretending like you know what righteousness is. Biggest hypocrite on the planet is the man or woman that wants to question God for what he's doing. Do y'all hear me? It's just the mercy of God that he chose to save any of us rebels. We all deserve to go to hell. Nobody earned salvation. Nobody earned salvation. Nobody earned salvation. Are you saved? It's the mercy of God. You're not better than the next man. You're not better than the person going to hell. So don't boast. It's a gift. It's a gift. But now you and I, we better be responsible for that gift. Because I told you, if you're hanging on to the gift and not the giver of the gift, you still may end up in hell. You better make your calling election sure and stop all of this plan. We're in the point number three. As we move from point number two, the triunity of God working through the gifts, the gifts given to the church, to now the gifts for the church. And this year, I'm going to be a little practical, I mean, a little more uh, terse, and and we'll come back and unpack it a little bit more. Point number three, the spiritual gifts for, for the church, verses six through 11, deals with what I call the present and active working of God, because he is our helper to, he is our helper to build Going back to our point, I didn't say go to the text. He is our helper to build and he sovereignly disperses the gifts. That's how you can collapse these. He is present and actively working. This is what I love about what's going on. On the ground where you and I are, we are a manifestation. We are an expression 
of a spiritual reality happening on a vertical and an internal level. On the ground where we are, we are simply a manifestation of a vertical reality happening internally. The vertical reality is God from heaven working presently on earth by his spirit and the life of his people. It's internal and manifested outwardly. Does that make sense? Cut off that vertical chain and nothing happens. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without the blessed Savior sitting on his throne, executing administrative authority, you and I can do nothing. We're wasting our time sitting here if heaven doesn't open. We're wasting our time sitting here if the Spirit of God is not right now presently working in your heart. We're wasting our time. We could be doing a bunch of foolish things sitting here in a room for an hour and 15 minutes, worshiping a God we don't see, a Savior we have not seen, via administration called the Word and preaching, which the rest of the world has already rejected. But what I know is the Holy Spirit operates through that means to open your eyes and convict you of sin and confirm you in Christ and shape you even right now, shape you even right now, helping you see things you have never seen before. Some of you are arrested in your seats. A lot of you are elated. Many of you are offended because of my passion. You are not hearing my proposition. You're offended by my passion, but my passion is part of my proposition. We're talking about God. We're talking about the work of God. But you ain't heard these things before because church is so full of superficiality. Anecdotal stories and little propositions that really only work for certain categories of people. We got our yuppie churches and all they do is yuppie stuff. We really do. We got our, we got our ghetto churches and all they do is ghetto stuff. They really do. This is what we call narrow casting. This is called man-centered theology when you look at your people groups and say, well, I got a bunch of black people, so I'm going to talk to them in, 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 in ghetto talk like they're not created in the Imago Dei. I got a bunch of middle and upper class Caucasian folks with a few others, and so I'm going to talk to them in, 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 in what we call yuppie lingo like they're not created in the Imago Day. like God doesn't have a clear revelation of articulation by which we all commonly understand the same thing about the same God and the same salvation. But see what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is telling us is that's not true. Because if you look again at verses 4 through 7, here's what it says. The same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And my sheep hear my voice. It doesn't matter what country you come from, what background you have, what gender, what color. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It does not matter. When he opens your ears, you hear one voice, and that is the Lord Jesus. You see one glorious Savior, that is the Lord Jesus. You understand one high priest, that is the Lord Jesus. He points you to the Father, and the Holy Ghost made him a reality in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? saints. This is the old-fashioned gospel that was preached all the way back to Adam. This is an old-fashioned gospel. And the reason it's relevant is because it's true, and truth never gets old. I want you to just see a few things, and I'm going to close with a statement, and we'll pick it back up. 
Look over in verse, uh, verse 5 and 6. I'll better start at verse 4. Now, there are diversity of gifts by the, but the same Spirit, and there are di- differences of administration but the same Lord, and there are uh, diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Do you see it? So he sums up the triune collaboration by saying in their agreement, in their collaborative work, the spirit of God is the immediate person to employ to each one of you gifts in order for the whole body of Christ to profit. So I want to explain that briefly and then I want to close by making a a comment, a statement, and then we'll, we'll prepare for the table. The term that we're dealing with here, profit, is given to every man to profit with. The idea of profit is not individual increase or individual success or individual profit. It is a combination of two Greek terms that literally means that everybody works together. Watch this now. Bringing your gifts to one table so that in bringing your gifts to the one table, Everybody in the body gets to partake of the gifts as needed for their growth and edification. It is not literally koinea, but it represents that. When we do first Sunday, we have a whole bunch of dishes out, don't we? And a whole bunch of people laboring around those dishes for which a good majority you eat it, but you don't thank God for them, which you should because they're laboring. But see, that's what we mean by the unified profit, the collaborative profit. You don't fix a pot of food for yourself. You fix it for everyone who needs it. And everybody is bringing their gift to the table. This is called inreach, inreach. This is inside the body. I'm not talking evangelism now. I'm talking about the edification of the body. Will you hear me? I'm talking about you discovering your gifts and then you bring them to the table, having them affirm, and then we use them collectively among ourselves for the edification of the body, for the building of the body, for the nurturing of the body, for the strengthening of the body so the body can now be a witness. Does that make sense? Everybody's bringing their gifts to the table. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, for everyone in that body. It's a glorious truth. Y'all see the picture, right? Literally, that word is translated better, for the betterment of the body, for the good of the body, for the, for the honor of the body. That's how that term is designed. It's, it's designed for the advance of the body, for the strengthening of the body. That's how that term is to be understood. The mutual profit of the church. I'll unpack that down the line. In fact, I can say this and haven't affirmed it yet, but you won't read anywhere in your Bible where any gift is given to any of God's servants that doesn't first apply to the body of Christ. You won't see it anywhere. And the book of Acts becomes a vivid testimony of that truth, doesn't it? The moment that they are saved, they gather together and they bring their resources and then they begin to distribute according to needs. Now here Paul is talking about spiritual things, not material things. Do you hear me? He's talking about spiritual things, not material things. And I love this. Look at verse 8. This is my final statement. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. That's one. To another, the word of knowledge. That's two. By the same Spirit. Verse 9. To another, faith. Do you see that term faith? We're going to come back and deal with that. By the same Spirit. Another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. I love what Paul is doing. 
He's talking about the unity of the triune God working together with one mind as to what they're doing. You can't divide the Godhead. That's a whole nother topic, which people do in their ignorance, dividing the Godhead. You can't divide them in their wills. Their wills are individual, but they're unified. What the father does, the son knows. What the son knows, the father knows. What the spirit does, the son and the father know. They all three know. They are never bumping heads. They are all working unity. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Watch this now. So after we deal with faith, we're dealing now with the gift of healing by the same spirit. Verse 10. Verse 10. To another, the working of miracles, sign miracles, another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, another diverse kinds of tongues, right? And another interpretation of tongues. How many gifts are we operating? See how many fingers I got? Now, Paul is only giving us a summation of the gifts. But when we come back, we're going to talk about those next week. Because those gifts actually are foundational to the expression and form in general. Again, I gave you 1 Corinthians 12. I gave you Ephesians 4. Another text I'll give you is 1 Thessalonians 5, where Paul treats the gifts there. It's much more functional in 1 Corinthians 12, much more functional in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We want to get into the functionality of those gifts. Okay, so right now we're dealing with them in terms of their origin, in terms of their administration and in terms of their um, uh, their aim. And the aim is that it would profit the body. The gifts are given for the body to profit. So remember this as we close. When God helps you discover your gifts, the first place you want those gifts to operate for God's honor is in the church. Not out of the church. He does not give you a gift to run out into the world and get the world all excited about you. We know this because Jesus didn't do that. When he came, he came unto his own. And he stayed among his own. Even though his own were clowning. He went to church every Sabbath day. He went to synagogue. He did all three feasts in the major year. He did not break protocol. Are you guys hearing? Even after he rose again and the Holy Ghost was given, what did they do? They went to synagogue. They continued breaking into the church first. And when the church was done, that is the Old Testament church, done hearing Jesus and wanted to persecute the believer, then they had to move out among the what? Gentiles. Are you hearing me? Inreach first, outreach second. It doesn't mean that we don't outreach. But why would you bring folks into a community of which you don't have the greatest love for first? You won't. You just, you won't. That's why some folk don't do in-reach or outreach. Just stop, Jesse, just stop. Just stop, because you're going there again. Just stop. Here's what I'm going to close with so we can partake of the Lord's table and then close. Why would God do more than give us the gift of salvation? Why would he, after having given us the greatest gift, which is himself, Abraham, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. David discovered that all he needed was God, right? And this is how the saints discovered all throughout history that God is enough. But why would God give you and me gifts? And why would he press home specifically, emphatically, each and every one of us have gifts? Are you ready? Because on God's team, there are no bench players. On God's team, there are no bystanders. On God's team, there are no second stringers. In fact, as one put it, on God's team, there ain't even a bench to sit on. So if you're sitting on a bench, you on somebody else's team. 
You are not on the Lord's team. Because on the Lord's team, he got everybody in the game. Everybody's playing. Somebody's doing something. Every one of his members are working in the game. Ain't nobody on the sideline. Amen. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, for directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.